I was lucky enough for uh, for PwC to to I guess look look beyond my grades and see me for a human um, that that I was um, that I am um, with you know life experience. I've been travelling and you know had these uh, illnesses and overcome them and, and still got to where I was um, and you know still. Still there, sort of, you know, really, really wanting to push ahead with a with a good career. Um, and PwC is the, the first stop. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum, and in this episode, we're speaking with John Russell financial advisor and property investor. He delves into all he's packed into his young life so far, the good, the bad and the settlement of over $100 million in property. While he's forged ahead in his property career in leaps and bounds, his inspiring tales don't end there. Russell bounced around literally between different careers before settling on property. I come from probably a non-traditional background uh, for property. So I come from an accounting background um, with a Bachelor of Business in Accounting. I actually worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers um, straight out of uni uh, and then got uh, got involved in uh, financial controller type, type work um, for Fully trampoline. I'm not sure whether you've heard of fully trampolines before. Big uh, trampoline company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and from there, I actually wanted a bit of a change of scenery. I, I had some some health issues and all that sort of stuff. Um, had some brain surgery, so I wanted a change of scenery and got into residential real estate, um, which is which is great. Um, so that that sort of went on for about three years. And then I really wanted to, you know, round back and uh, and utilise my residential real estate experience along with uh, my, I guess, accounting background, and that led me to financial planning. I was uh, an, an advisor for about three or four years, and um, you know, just sort of, I guess, not so recently, but recently enough, uh, made the full decision to to really. To really, I guess, uh, focus on property as an investment class. When he's not in the office for a client meeting, he typically spends his days out on property sites. So I'll be meeting with property aggregators, uh, developers, seeing new stock, seeing future stock uh, to the market, um, you know, online using research tools. Um, uh, if I've got client appointments, I'm in the office. Uh, preparing research packs uh, for them, uh, property presentations for them, um, and, and and really doing the, the financial analysis and research behind those properties. Uh, so that's that's probably in sixty seconds. Um, so it really depends on whether I've got a client appointment or if I don't have a client appointment. Let's lead into your story and get to know you personally. Share some interesting facts about your past. Firstly, where did you grow up? Yes, I was born in Canberra. Um, don't hold that against me. Um, <laughs> I moved to. I love loved all the Can- uh, Canberrans out um, I moved to Brisbane when I was uh, five uh, and started to grade one up here um, and lived in Carindale, um, a suburb on, on the south of Brisbane. 
Um, and uh, yeah, spent some of the last thirty years of my life up here, which has been uh, which has been great. It was actually my father who had uh, he had got a really lucrative sort of. Uh, contract uh, offer uh, in his sort of space uh, where he works uh, in IT development uh, to come up and, uh, and and work up up in Brisbane. So it worked out well. Life has thrown him a loop for several times, but each time he overcomes his challenges to come back stronger than ever. So I would have started primary school in 1994 at Belmont State School. Um, it's a nice little school, quite well, quite well known. A few, few Olympians and that has has uh, gone there from memory. Um, and then from there, I started at uh, the Anglican Church Grammar School or Churchy, um, as, as it's better known, uh, in Grade Eight, and went through uh, all the way through to Grade Twelve. And then uh, the following year, I I was at QUT, so the Queensland University of Technology. Uh, and studying semi-hard there, I guess. <laughs> um, so I studied a Bachelor of Business in Accounting. Uh, the experience is really good. I, I did love the uni. I, um, I got diagnosed with cancer when I was 19. So it was my, my first year out, um, actually, of, of high school, my first year at uni. Uh, so I, I sort of I was in and out of hospital uh, for you know, chemo and and whatnot for the majority of that uh, that year uh, and didn't really go back full time uh, until the second year. So it did take me a little bit longer to finish. So it took four years uh, for me in, in the end to finish a, a three year degree, but got there in the end. That's amazing to be able to hear an inspiring story, you know, especially going through that. That must have been a, such a tough, tough time for you, especially at a young age of 19. So what what was happening during that time? Because the whole year, you know, to go through chemo, to, to treat the cancer and so forth, what was going through your head? Because um, yeah, it would have been quite a, a challenge, I'd say. I reflect on it occasionally uh, with with my wife and it, it's one of those things that uh, – you know, looking back now on it, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't have to do it now. Um, but back back then, living at home, it, it seemed it seemed like a you know just it was it was a roadblock. Um, if if that makes sense, it's sort of just something that I needed to to get through. Um, I I was pretty focused uh, on basketball and sort of due to due to you know really. I guess you know do other things uh, in 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 around basketball. Uh, it's sort of the height of my uh, height of my career, and that sort of uh, put a nice big uh, halt to that. Um, so yeah, it really put things into into perspective uh, for me, particularly particularly around you know the importance of family and friends and uh, having having a, a support network around you. Um, which has uh, stuck with me uh, all this all this while. Yeah, that's so important. How did you find out that you had cancer? If I may ask. I woke up one Saturday morning. I, I was still living at my parents' um, home at that point. I woke up and I felt this massive, massive tumor in my neck. Actually, um, and it happened happened pretty quick. Uh, it was the tumor is five by three centimeters. So. Uh, if if anyone out there is sort of 
if they know enough about cancer and tumors, I know that uh, that's a pretty large uh, large tumor, particularly to have in the neck. Uh, so it sort of stuck out like a you know, second head type thing. <laughs> um, so I noticed that pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, it took quite a while to diagnose exactly what it was. Um, ended up ended up uh, with the diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Technically, it's called diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is the curable kind. It's fast enough uh, growing for chemotherapy to to work. So that was, um, it was, I guess, a bit of a a bit of a shining light. I guess uh, in in all of it was that it was curable. Uh, So you you know you can reflect back on things and. That's one thing that I'm always grateful for is that I can reflect back and just think, hey, it could have been a lot worse. Wow, that's that's crazy. So I guess, um, what, what, did you notice that before that day on the Saturday or did it just all suddenly just pop up? Um, no, I, that was that Saturday morning. I went downstairs. So I, I sort of uh, I feeling it and I, you know, I just uh, went up to went up to my sister in law at the time and um, I said, What do you think? And showed my dad and said, What do you think? And he said, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> so I pretty much booked in uh, booked in straight away and next thing you know I was there. Wow, wow. So that was a life changing moment that everything just completely changed into you know, the focus to try and get, get that out as quick as possible. I actually grew up with Tourette syndrome, so um, having having that there, it was honestly a bit of a punch in the face. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I thought I'd had my sort of uh, fair share of medical stuff. But look, it, it it worked out, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm no more likely to to get that sort of uh, type of cancer than anyone else is. After taking some time to recover and reflect. He was accepted into a prestigious graduate program at Price Waterhouse Coopers. It's a pretty intensive sort of graduate program that I was in, um, and that that sort of it really reaffirmed that I I didn't really enjoy um, tax. <laughs> um, I I certainly know a lot about tax, and I know uh, I know what to do, and you know all that sort of stuff, and I know how to help clients um, when it comes to tax, but. Did I want to be doing tax returns for the rest of my life uh, or financial statements? No, absolutely not. Um, but it was a it was a great introduction to learning the uh, uh, the ins and outs of, of business and and of personal wealth as well. I was lucky enough for uh, for PwC to to I guess look look beyond my grades and see me for a human um, that that I was. Um, that I am um, with you know life experience I've been traveling and you know had these uh, illnesses and overcome them and, and still got to where I was um, and you know still still there sort of you know really really wanting to push ahead with a, with a good career um, and PwC is the, the first stop I basically uh, you know basically wanted to utilize that experience to uh, and like like you said, it is one of those sort of sought after type um, type programs. So I think coming out of that, you do have 
quite a few commercial accounting opportunities available to that that seems to be the uh, you know the the case when people you know sort of duck out from big four accounting firms um, so I had the opportunity to, to, to start with Vuli just as an accountant initially um, and yeah worked uh, worked my way up there uh, pretty quickly um, which was which was really fun really really stressful and uh, yeah, I probably put on about 20 kilos that I shouldn't have uh, at that time, which I've since lost. Gosh. So, that experience working in accounting, what were you doing there? So, I went from doing doing tax returns, obviously, uh, for individuals and companies and trusts to really, I guess, to managing, managing budgets uh, and and forecasts for a, a startup you know company at that point this this is a long time ago seven odd years ago eight years ago um, and really managing that side of things for a company that went from you know 20 million dollars you know turnover a year to about a hundred million while I was there so it was uh, it was certainly stressful um, but you, I got insight into seeing you know a, a startup company I got insight into you know the, how companies really work and how they grow uh, it's been it was, it was a really really uh, learning uh, filled time in, in my life in terms of uh, the the real life knowledge that, that you you can really get. Uh, there's only so much books can teach you, um, and and that that was that was like they say getting thrown in the deep end is the only way to learn. That was getting thrown in the middle of the Pacific with no life vest or anything. It was yeah, definitely sink or swim. Russell can only describe Woolley's CEO as having a ridiculous drive and leadership ability. Uh, while he, you know, might be years and years younger than you know what Steve Jobs would have been now, he's he's someone with that sort of drive and that sort of creativity and that sort of leadership ability. Um, you either sort of love him or hate him type thing, um, and you know I I, I really sort of learnt learned a lot from him um it was it it wasn't that it wasn't that um he necessarily asked questions and expected you to sort of come up with uh you know come up with the goods on the spot or anything like that it was some of the some of the tasks that he asked you to do it you know frankly you know next to impossible but you couldn't say no because there's always there's always a way um, there's always a, a way around these things. Um, it's just about sitting down and figuring it out. Uh, so he did he did instill patience into me, um, which is which is great. And probably the other the other thing is um, with, with a with a business startup, whatever established, whatever it is, cash flow is king. Um, you know, running running a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar a day sort of cash flows in and out um, uh, on a shoestring budget really at that point um, was pretty uh, pretty intimidating, but also it um, 
it, it made you pretty patient, but also aware of, um, you know, you're forced to be aware of what's going on. Wow. So tell us a little bit about that business. Like, what exactly did the business offer in terms of its products and services? Voy uh, is well known for its uh, spring free type trampolines um, and their sort of home, uh, home, like outdoorsy sort of. Uh, playground stuff. So, uh, my, my, my brother and sister and law have a fully trampoline out the back with a, you know, basketball ring installed, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you can put up tents and camp in them in the backyard. Um, they're, they're certainly very popular, very popular in, uh, in, in Queensland, that's for sure. It's been a, um, I think a, a long journey for Joe and their team. I obviously left a, a long time ago now, um, but the yeah the the company has has grown and morphed and changed uh, along the way, which is uh, it's been great to great to see. After eighteen months at Vully, he took stock of his life and realised there was one more thing he needed to check off his to do list. I actually actually decided. Um, Again, I hopefully don't want to stay on the medical side of things for too long, but uh, I decided to get, um, I guess, corrective surgery for my Tourette's uh, brain surgery, um, which is called deep brain stimulation. Um, So that has essentially fixed my Tourette's, um, which is great, uh, and I needed some time off um, for that. So I basically... Basically, uh, came to an agreement with um, yeah, with, with Joe that I'd, I'd finish up, and um, after that, um, I obviously have a recovery period from surgery, and then I decided after that that I just wanted something completely different, uh, you know, in my life in terms of uh, in terms of you know my future, where I was going, and all that sort of stuff, climbing a corporate ladder, um, you know, and and whatnot inside a firm with an accounting base and that being my base wasn't wasn't necessarily something that you know I, I felt like was going to be my passion um, moving forward and I I don't I don't use the word passion uh, lightly uh, I definitely I definitely am in this in this position now uh, because I do have a, a big passion for property. Once Russell discovered property was what he wanted to do in his life, he didn't hold back. He signed up to attend a careers night at LJ Hooker and the rest, as they say, is history. At that point, I decided I'd, I'd, I'd wanted to, um, to you know, get into real estate and, and see, you know, try my hand at it, try my luck. Um, and from there, uh, I, you know, I was forced to hop up and you know, talk about myself and all the usual sorts of things that they get get you to do on careers nights and all that sort of stuff. Um, and one of the sales uh, executives came up to me and he, he was from Sydney at the time and he said, mate, I reckon you'll kill it. Um, you know, let's let's get you started. You know, when, when can you start sort of thing? And I said, uh, yeah, whenever. <laughs> I had to I had to do my uh, do my real estate you know, course at that point. It was the uh, just a salesperson certificate. Obviously, a licensed agent now, but um, yeah, did the salesperson certificate and got started uh, got started listing and, and selling, um, which was which was great. 
After that, he searched for a real estate mentor and found one in Deborah Evans, the principal and number four all time for Remax. She was fantastic. So she sort of really taught me the ropes uh, in and around property. I felt very confident after after sort of spending a bit of time with her that I was I was very good on the property side of things. Um, but I, I got to the point where I, I really I really wanted to utilize my my knowledge in, in its full sort of uh, full breadth. Um, so I ended up uh, literally just to, to not for wouldn't call it for fun, um, but for a purpose. I studied uh, my diploma of financial planning, um, and I knocked that off in a couple of weeks. I enrolled at. Um, uh, sorry, I applied for a job at Spring Financial Group at the time. They're a listed uh, financial advice company, um, and that their their advice was heavily uh, heavily based on on property um, as, as as well. Uh, so you know, self managed super funds, um, personal investment advice, all that sort of stuff. So um, from 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 my point of view, it was a great fit. I understood people's finances, I understood wealth like nothing else and I also understood real estate and the value of, of, of good good real estate. So it, it came together, I got that job, that was a pretty sought after role at the time as well uh, to, to to learn that job um, up here. So it was good. Um, went to Sydney for a bit uh, for, for training, I think I was there for a month and came back up to, to work in the office uh, up here. And I was probably uh, there for a couple of years. After seeing so many amazing properties daily, he found one that was perfect for him and in true Russell style, he went straight for it. Doing the numbers myself um, on all of all of these all of these amazing properties that you know that we do um, we do sell to, to clients. Um, I, you know, I, I found one myself that I, I loved, um, and yeah, Doug had first. I'd been through the process so many times with, with you know, clients uh, at that point that I sort of knew what to expect. So it was very different to, uh, very different to someone fresh faced, um, you know, coming into it uh, for the first time. I knew what to expect. I knew there was conveyancing ways. I knew that there was. And this and that, and I, I sort of knew the process. Um, so, you know, to to be able to to um, utilise that, um, I I think it really took the pressure off. That first property he purchased was a unit in Brisbane. Since then, he's become a rent investor, and he and his wife was looking to buy a home together in the same region. At this point, it's different because it's not about the numbers. It's it's about the future, so we want to think. You know, what what are we going to do? Um, you know, long term, uh, we're going to we're going to sit here for for five years, ten years, twenty years. We've really thought about it for a long time, and we want that that thirty year um, you know thirty year journey uh, for something that we can you know grow in and out of. Um, you know, if we decide to have children and and beyond. His one big lesson he wants to teach is one every young person needs to hear. Probably for me and for everyone out there, I I, I mentioned this 
recently um, uh, to, to someone else. I, I, I personally think credit card debt is the devil. Um, <laughs> so people nowadays, I, I, I can see, you know, use Afterpay and ZipPay and those sort of tools and, and whatnot. I, I get that. I understand um, they're, you know, the reality in today's world. Um, I, I just think these days living within your means is it can be a little bit difficult because we live in this age where Instagram's a thing and people want to be, you know, they, they want photos with a, a corona at the nicest bar in town. Um, you know, that, that corona comes at a price. And I think the the mistakes that you've got to, um, you know, look at is, you know, you, you, you are always, making a trade-off. There's always a sacrifice in terms of what you're doing. If you're going out and having a good time, if you're you know, spending a, a heap of money on nice clothes, uh, nice cars, uh, things like that, there's always going to be a, a trade-off and that's that's going to be, uh, that's typically going to be the trade-off between getting into some uh, a property earlier or later. Um, you know, and the, the consequence there, obviously, is getting into a property earlier that appreciates in value. Um, and typically, if you can get in earlier, you get in at a, a lower price point as well. Um, you know, so you've got all these pl- uh, factors at play uh, that really, really, I guess, push push you in this direction. You know, well, you know, <sighs> I've got a life. I know everyone has to live, uh, but sometimes you have to put your your sensible cap on and and go. You know this this pay. I'm I'm going to save ten percent. So I'm a I'm a big I'm a big believer in you know the the superannuation system, obviously. Um, but I'm also a big believer in in saving at least ten percent of your salary, um, ten to twenty percent of your salary. Uh, or you know your earnings, profits, whatever it might be, um, to, to put aside in, into a kitty and have that stashed away for growth purposes um, to invest either in property, whatever it is you know you're going to do, it's just going to be used to um, to to grow your wealth over time. Russell has a series of aha moments rather than just one. But they all stem from the same place. Just the feedback um, that I've I've gotten um, from from my clients, having them sit in front of me and say a couple of things um, has has really just been eye opening and something that something that's really made me believe in you know what I do uh, and believe in in property as an investment vehicle, and it's twofold. Um, one one was actually a doctor. Um, they said they said to me, it, "It's funny, you probably um, you probably get complimented all the time for helping people, you know, grow their wealth, but you never actually get complimented for, um, I guess, stopping people from making mistakes." Um, that that was a very good compliment, um, and it, it's very true. Look, we we get compliments all the time on helping people into the market, whatever it may, may be. Um, but 
you know, because they never make the mistake of getting the wrong property after they, you know, do get educated around um, around the do's and don'ts, they sort of then go, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, they, they no one thinks to thank, um, thank us for um, the... The, the times where they could have very easily made mistakes, but um, this this particular client was um, was well in tune with uh, what they were about to do, um, and thank me for it. So that that was, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a mind altering moment, and also um, a phone call I had recently with another client um, where where he sort of turned around to me and said, "Look, everything." Everything that you have told me um, and everything that you've said, I have to say, has turned out better um, than what you said and what we could have imagined. Um, so that that was also a huge compliment and a huge compliment to you know the the work that I put in, the effort that I put in as well uh, to my role. That someone saying not only did I do my job, but um, you know it. It's it's better than it's better than just um, you know the the numbers that I I showed to them or the photos that I showed to them. Um, it, it actually affects you know real life you know real life people, uh, which is which is great. There's one strategy that he relies on the most, and it's one you'll know well. There's quite a few obviously strategies you can put into play, um, and definitely you know definitely. Uh, Looking at it through, I guess, uh, through the most simplistic eyes, I guess uh, is the best way to put it, is that the education around growth over yield um, is a very interesting conversation to have with clients, um, and something that I feel like there's there's not an enormous amount of education around that, um, and probably not enough. Um, you know, the, I always say to, to my clients is in terms of a good property, but between a good and a bad property, there might be a couple of grand uh, difference in terms of yield uh, per year. Um, in terms of growth, if you're looking over you know, a 20-year period, you might be looking at half a million dollars difference. Uh, do you know what I mean? So it's... It's it's really 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 vitally important to look at to look at the areas in which you're buying because we all know location 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 it's going to deliver up to eighty percent of your returns um, so not necessarily the the product type um, that we're looking at it's it's the suburb uh, the suburb does the heavy lifting when it comes to investments and look we can't we can't do anything where we're beholden to the market uh, as as um, you know stockbrokers are with shares we're beholden to the market when it comes to property we can only um, put our best foot first when it comes to the research that we have um, and yeah really focus on focus on growth properties uh, for for my clients anyway I, I deal a lot with off accumulators so people in their you know, 30s, 40s, and you know, early 50s. Um, you know, they're, they're people that that want to grow their wealth over that 10, 15, 20, 30 year period, um, and they do that the best way uh, through 
focusing on a growth asset um, and knocking off the debt at the end um, when their, their tax bracket's lower, um, you know, yeah, through retirement and all, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of different strategies, clearly, uh, in, in there uh, to think of. Uh, but the main thing is, the main thing is focusing on growth properties. Well, let's jump into the mindset side of things. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your reasoning behind why you jumped into property because as you said, um, there's so many different asset classes like shares and businesses and so forth but why particularly property and how does that benefit you as well? In terms of property, I mean, look, we we do this with, with our clients. Uh, the the oh, it's, it's really interesting when you're, when you're sitting in front of clients and I'm sure people... I'm sure you've done this. I'm sure people listening have, have actually had this conversation before. Uh, but to to be quite, you know, quite frank, quite simplistic about it, you've got you've got a few options. You know, you can do nothing. Um, <laughs> you can invest in shares, or you can invest in property. Um, in terms of investing in property. I, I feel comfortable gearing, so borrowing money to invest into property because there's no margin call attached to um, to my investment. My clients share that view, um, obviously. Otherwise, they 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 wouldn't they wouldn't be here. So for you know for, for me things like negative gearing, obviously borrowing um, to invest, um, utilizing equity, uh, all that sort of stuff plays a big part in. Uh, in creating a, a growth asset and getting greater leverage to uh, a greater chunk of um, of asset class, if you will, um, that's that's only really possible um, considering the risk factors uh, with property. Um, so, to, to me, it's a bit of a no-brainer um, for any wealth accumulator out there. I think it's a very good. Um, you know, starting point is to 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 invest in property and have that be your have that be your leverage point um, in in the market and um, and forward forward. I believe in pure diversification, so I'm not just pre- preaching property. Um, I believe that there is certainly a place for for shares. Um, do I like to give that advice? No, look, I I can I can if I want, <laughs> but I'm more focused on on um, on the property side of things. Russell has had many mentors and influences over the years. He's been in both property and finance. There's a few people at Plus Waterhouse Coopers um, that, that helped me along. A few other you know, directors and partners there. Um, uh, going yeah, working for Deborah, that was um, through Remax. That was that was an experience um, as well. And um, since since I've been in financial advice, or you know, I guess moving into a, a financial advisor role at Nexus after spring, um, I had the opportunity to work with uh, Steve Sidnevik, uh, who's who's uh, I guess involved heavily with National Property Advisory as well, uh, founding partner um, there. So he has been a massive influence on, I guess, my uh, my 
my property philosophy, my comfortability uh, around um, property investment, um, and probably not necessarily the way I deal with clients. Um, that's it's very very much me. I've got my own sort of unique way of how I how I deal with clients, uh, but but certainly um, certainly being able to explain explain things in a clear and concise manner. Um, it's something that I think I while I was a, a decent communicator previously, um, certainly I've learned a lot from Steve when it comes to uh, communicating something very well and very um, uh, definitely, I guess, um, to, uh, to to clients so that they understand clear clearly uh, exactly what um, I'm talking about. A big fan of Audible, Russell is slowly but surely getting back into reading physical books as well. The two books I'm reading at the moment, um, one is Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight. It's the, the Nike story, the memoir, uh, which is which is pretty good. It's a it's a book about you know entrepreneurial spirit and and all that sort of stuff. And the other one's by Robert Iger called The Ride of a Lifetime, and that's the CEO of the, the Disney company. Um, and that. That's all around, you know, working your way up, working hard for a business, um, and really, really focusing on you know, the company, putting it first, uh, and making sure you're just good at your job. Um, and you know, no one can sort of point to you and go, "Hey, you, you know, didn't do this, didn't do that," sort of thing. Um, so they're the two that I'm reading at the moment. But look, there's a heap of other ones like. Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I loved uh, all the Zig Ziglar uh, stuff uh, about sales. Uh, they're great. Um, and uh, one of my favourite books actually uh, is, is called Range. Uh, it's by David Epstein. Um, it's uh, it's great. It, it's all around. Um, it, it's not property specific um, uh, at all, actually, um, but it's. It's around the idea of um, the idea of those those people who grow up as you know prodigies in sport who focus purely on one sport, tennis players, for instance, um, or you know basketballers or whatnot. Um, they you know just do one thing uh, as opposed to uh, those who try try their hand at a heap of different things. Um, so Roger Federer is an example of that. He um, he played soccer. He played basketball. His mum was a tennis coach, so he ended up playing tennis. But she tried to push him out of tennis, actually, and into soccer. So he learnt by he learnt tennis by basically being better at other things. Um, and I, I the reason why I think I, I like it so much is I I do look at myself in a similar way, probably not to Roger Federer's standard, um, <laughs> uh, but certainly in terms of his, uh, his, his ability to, to learn different, different, um, different things and being able to then apply them, uh, to, to the one thing, uh, you know, and, and be, be the best at it. While he's generally against the idea of deciding on your life path at 16 or 17 years old, the best piece of advice he's received was regarding university studies. 
my father said to me, look, do, do accounting. It'll open up so many doors. Um, and it has. It's opened up a heap of doors. Um, working for PwC, uh, being able to then, you know, I guess in, in one way or another, I guess, help run a $100 million a year turnover company um, at 23. Uh, it, you know, it helped me understand real estate, helped me understand the ins and outs of real estate. It guided me through financial planning um, because I, I just, I understood that everything, everything has to, it's a, I hate to say it, it sounds like a, a bloody quote or something like that, but uh, everything has to balance. You know, it, it, everything everything comes down to balance, whether it's whether it's investments, whether it's health relationships. It's all off one tree, in my opinion. Um, and you know, you've got to always find that balance. And that's 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 a good thing that accounting teaches you. It's that. Um, you know, there's, there's a balance sheet for a reason. And if you can read a balance sheet, you can read a business. If you understand that, I think if you can apply that to other areas of your life, um, you'll be very successful. Russell credits success in part due to his inability to sit still in any area of his life. That probably comes from my uh, Tourette's, I'd say, as, as a kid. Um, I couldn't sit still anyway. Um, and these days, I just find it hard to sit around and not do anything. I, I, I love to get out and walk. You know, I love to go for a walk with the dog, go for a run with my wife. I play basketball a couple of times a week. I stay busy at work. Um, keep keep very active, and you know, just just really, just I guess uh, I guess insatiable thirst to want more um, is is why I keep moving. Um, so, and it probably also stems from, you know, all, all the health sort of stuff is, is that, you know, you, in life you, you can do one of two things. You can move forward or, you know, you can sit still. Um, and like I said before, I just can't sit still. If, say, you met yourself 10 years ago, what do you think you would have said to him? Uh, it'll all be okay. <laughs> um, I I love uh, another book I love, by the way, is uh, the Steve Jobs book, um, and the whole the whole idea of you know uh, he he talks about in his Stanford commencement speech um, that you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect the dots looking back. Is I think just so so valuable, um, you know, and the idea. And Bob Iger actually touches on this in his book as well. The the idea of you know moving forward with with investments, with life, with with anything is you know move forward, take opportunities. You know whether that's taking the opportunity to to buy a property, to go for a run, um, to eat healthy at lunch, <laughs> uh, no matter what it is. Um, you know, there's there's always there's always an option there, um, and I think if I go back ten years ago, the advice I give myself is do do what do what makes you feel 
feel good. You know, do do the uh, do the right thing. It's always going to be right. Um, do the right thing, but um, you know, do do the thing that uh, do the thing that you're going to shake yourself for. I think in ten years, the, always always keep in the back of your mind. I think um, sometimes the easiest way is not always the best way. Um, and that's often often the case is the opposite. <laughs> With buying his dream home on the horizon, he has a lot to be excited about in the near future. Leveraging that to purchase more property uh, certainly is something that uh, I would love, love to do. Um, and helping clients as well. Um, at, at the moment, you know, there's lendings coming back, uh, coming back hard. Property, you know, property prices are surging. They're going up. Um, there's confidence in, in the market again. I know, you know, speaking to speaking to a developer yesterday, um, you know, they've they've gone from 14 sales last January to uh, 54 sales um, this January past. So clearly. <laughs> Um, you know, five hundred percent up sort of thing. Is uh, there's confidence everywhere in the market. Brisbane, particularly um, at the moment, there's a lot of a lot of um, great opportunities uh, in Brisbane. Uh, so over the next over the next couple of years, it'll be uh, very much focused on um, if it's left in a couple of years, basically collecting. Whatever's left over in terms of the leftover stock for the damn good pricing, might I add it? Uh, might I add it? Um, and moving forward, then trying to trying to capture off the plan opportunities early, um, and probably now is a, a great time uh, to look at them. So you're getting into the market today um, and not having to pay for it until. You know, tomorrow or a couple of years down the track. I think that's certainly, um, certainly what I'm most looking forward to. So, looking forward to, I guess, the, um, the, the opportunities that will come, uh, come out of the next, uh, the next five years in terms of, uh, what's coming onto, to the market in, in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. Thank you to John Russell, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.